I have worked with multiple groups definitely. Okay. Um, over the years. And, uh, I, I usually got kicked out for being too logical. Oh so, no. Oh no. <laughs> that would happen. So, um, yeah, cause I really wanted to find a ghost. I really wanted to believe I, I did everything I yeah. could, but when, when somebody's, you know, presenting this evidence of this picture they took with this ghostly woman standing in the window. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's your friend, Pam. <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, you are listening to episode 23 of Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. This week, we are joined by two special guests, Dr. Karen Stolznow and her husband, Matthew Baxter. Karen is an author and host of the Monster Talk podcast and has been a guest before for our Roanoke episode. Uh, and we're so excited to have her on again to talk about ghost hunting. Uh, Matthew, or Matt, is a paranormal researcher who runs the Ask a Paranormal Investigator website, and uh, which is also a YouTube series. Uh, Karen and Matthew, would you both like to say hi and tell our listeners a little bit about, I don't know, your interests, your background, <laughs> all that? <laughs> Oh, I, I'll go first then. Uh, so it's great to be great. back on the show again. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, my name's uh, Karen and I am a linguist but strangely have this background in uh, ghost hunting, researching paranormal phenomena. I've been doing this for about 20 years um, and it, it's just it's been a passion really since I was a kid. And I might have spoken about this on the, the last show, but I was writing ghost stories when I was five years old. So uh, I've just been oh. <laughs> really interested in this kind of thing for uh, a long time. But it's certainly a, a strange side interest to researching linguistics and, and completely unrelated. But well, I guess a lot of it does come into right. to what I do too. I mean, there are lots of claims that people can uh, hear voices of the dead and other things like that that I can bring in some of my expertise. Yeah. And I'm sure as a linguist, you'd find it problematic that like Ghost Hunters International goes to, I don't know, Germany and they're like talking to supposed medieval or whatever ghosts and in English. (laughs) Yes. English seems to be the language of ghosts and also of Bigfoot. Okay. So uh, Matt, do you want to say hi as well? Hi. Um, My name is Matthew Baxter. I uh, have been a paranormal investigator for uh, 30-some years. You always have to do better uh, than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever you said, two years I said years 20, more. you said 30, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you are older. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to keep, that, keep that going throughout this. Uh, and I have uh, <laughs> been on a lot of investigations and seen a lot of strange things. And it's interesting because while Karen has this great background, 
uh, that's really legitimate. Um, I don't. <laughs> He's My, pretty I, illegitimate. I, I'm pretty <laughs> illegitimate. <laughs> and uh, the, the funny thing is, is a lot of a lot of the background that has helped me. I've gotten because of the paranormal, uh, such as I am a licensed mm -hmm. psychotherapist. And uh, the reason for okay. that is we had some claims come up one time of uh, a, a hypnotherapy session where this one individual brought mm -hmm. forth all this information through his hypnotherapy session. So I looked into the hypnotherapist, found out where she got her certification, and I went and I took the same classes uh, found out I really liked it. And I went ahead and completed, mm. you know, the, the entire course and got myself a, a license and everything else. But uh, I, I learned that she uh, violated a lot of uh, the principles of, of hypnotherapy. Oh, no. You know, oh, no. In doing that. But uh, so it, it's kind of an interesting thing, you know, that a lot of my computer skills, I do computer tech support. A lot of my okay. computer skills come from uh, how, you know, how can I adapt this to the paranormal? So yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, these days I don't really go on investigation so much anymore. Not with a five-year-old. Uh, but uh, yeah, with a five-year-old. No. <laughs> Although he, he does, he does want to go on a few. Uh, oh, amazing. Soon, so. <laughs> amazing. I think uh, that, that Matt makes a good point in that there aren't any qualifications to, to be a ghost hunter or to research this kind of thing. Yeah. You can certainly bring whatever background you have. Uh, to your research and to your investigations, but yeah, there's no degree or qualification, even though some would think that there are. I think there are a few groups out there that offer uh, offer courses in in ghost hunting and certificates and things like that. And they're all crap. <laughs> yeah, and I think what we come across repeatedly is that groups or or individuals will claim that they're you know, being scientific about things without having any scientific background or really even know oh, <laughs> what yeah. that means. You'll often <laughs> hear. Here's a really good example. Here's, oh. here's a good example is a few years ago, I'll say a, more than a few years ago, but 10 years ago, the whole mm -hmm. thermal camera thing became mm -hmm. a craze and you had to go get a thermal camera and then they would take it out of the box and run around and take pictures they didn't understand or get footage they <laughs> didn't understand. But it looks so cool. So the, the first thing that I did, <laughs> yeah, I, I went and actually took the certification courses that FLIR and, and other uh, companies were offering to yeah. be able to interpret and understand what, what you're seeing. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's one of the big problems is they don't understand EMF detectors. They don't understand uh, the, the FLIR cameras. They mm -hmm. don't understand a microphone. They don't understand a camera. So mm -hmm. like I say, that's, that's where a lot of my education actually came from. It's like, oh, well, if I'm going to know about any of this stuff, I better know about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst the skeptical community, Historically, Matt would often uh, cop some flack, if, if you understand that phrase. Uh, he, he would be criticized for using things like mm -hmm. uh, FLIR cameras and EMF readers yeah. and, and things like that. And I, I think that what he was doing was uh, very clever in that he was demonstrating how these tools really work and yeah. how they're, they're being misused in ghost hunting. how they don't work. How they don't right. work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we definitely have... Um, some questions about like equipment and and stuff like that lined sure. up to ask you guys about today. So we, I'm I'm super excited. I flip and love talking about ghost hunting, despite <laughs> never having gone on like an official ghost hunt. That's definitely on the 
the bucket list now. We're going to yeah. at some point. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the pandemic's over, you can visit us in Denver. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When it's safe for sure. But like, I mean, I, yeah, I live in the Chicago area. Um, there's a bunch, you know, Paige lives up in Wisconsin and there's a bunch of groups up there. So it's like, there's, there's gotta be some people doing stuff around us that we can, who will have us. <laughs> well, well, Karen has, Karen and I have always wanted to come check out Resurrection Mary. Oh yes. And, in uh, uh, Chicago. In Chicago. Mm. So maybe we'll cemetery. Be, trip. Yes. If you guys come to Chicago, we will go. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do <were> it. There. <laughs> yeah. I mean that vanishing, vanishing hitchhiker legend is common around the country and around the globe. But that one is a very famous mm-hmm. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that uh, seriously. <laughs> Please let us know if you guys <laughs> come here to do some sort of investigation because we will be, we'll invite ourselves. I'm inviting us already. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And I, I think uh, Matt and I have both been involved with multiple uh, ghost hunting groups. And I've done a lot of research by myself uh, because taking a scientific approach or a more historical approach is usually a kind of thing a loner really does. Um, But being involved with various groups, Matt certainly experienced this. He's worked with a lot of believers and uh, people who, who are less skeptical than we are. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's, you've really got to be careful with the the group that groups you associate with and and work with, because you've got a lot of different theories. And schools of thought. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. I think I learned recently that like now they're starting to to differentiate people. Like you can be like a skeptic skeptic, which I guess would be, I don't know what Paige and I are, <laughs> um, where we don't really believe that it's real, but like we're interested in it. Or you can be like a skeptical believer, which means like you believe in the paranormal, but you're very skeptical you try not about to take things at paranormal value. claims and stuff. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's funny that the the community has sort of like started to divide up like that. <laughs> well, I think uh, there was some UFO show. I can't remember which one it was, Matt. You'll remember. Chasing UFOs. Yeah, and what was the term that they called themselves? Skaliever. <laughs> Skaliever, a skeptical believer. Oh. <laughs> it created, coined a new word. Uh, but I think it's a badge of honor for a lot of people who are believers to say, I was once a skeptic until I had personal experiences that well, proved sure. the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, because then it makes it seem more legitimate. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, that's literally the intro to uh, Ghost Adventures or whatever, isn't it? Like Zach Bagans is like, I was once a skeptic until I had an experience of my own. I don't yeah. I yeah. what he says. But anyway. <laughs> I don't remember it. Probably. <laughs> I was the lunch of party DJ. And yeah. then... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, anyway, so we could continue chatting and, and not actually get to the questions that we wrote down literally forever. Um, um, sorry. So, so yeah, so we should – no, no, you're fine. I'm so excited because I just think, Karen, you are so cool and, like, it is so amazing that you guys are, like, this Aww. paranormal ghost hunting power couple. So, yeah. So I just spent, like, the whole <laughs> Roanoke episode, like – basically fangirling and like i'll do the same thing this time so sorry oh yeah we're very excited to have you back (laughs) glad to be here while we're still kind of chatting one of the questions that we wanted to ask i figured it's a good time is like did you guys meet 
while you were, you know, doing like ghost hunts or like, how did you, did you, how did you guys meet? Did you guys just kind of start doing that together? Do you want this one? Or should I take it? Oh, you can take it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, I used to have a, a podcast called Warning Radio. And uh, we, we found these, these, uh, this great article online about, uh, uh, you know, sex with ghosts. Oh, and <laughs> that's that's my spooky story. Then I guess that we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Um, <clears throat> and and the the article is great. And so uh, got a hold of her and had her on the show, and I immediately fell in love with her. Oh, <laughs> oh that's the best. He did say halfway through, "Oh, I've got a crush on you," and. But I, it's funny because I mistook him for the, the partner that he was working with at the time. And I thought, oh, he's got a sexy voice. Okay. But, but yeah. <laughs> then I realized it was actually the, well, I, now, now I'm getting insulting, so I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best story and just the sweetest story. Uh, oh, my is gosh. Is it? <laughs> okay. And I always tell people, like, I met my husband online, and they say, oh, which dating site? <laughs> yeah. So we should like, start uh, a ghost-busting <laughs> dating site. There's an idea. <laughs> oh, that's a, a great, great idea. <laughs> ghost yeah, lovers like your or something. Yeah, like singles events could be like ghost hunt. <laughs> totally, <laughs> ghost yeah. Ghost hunting nights. <laughs> a lot of ghost hunts have been like singles events. So. And, yes, that you do. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Raise a good point. Uh, okay. Uh, All right. Okay, should we do something spooky? Let's do it. You want to go first, Megan? Great. Um. Yes. I minus super lame this week, but it's okay. Um. <laughs> the only remotely spooky thing that happened to me this week was I was sitting in our living room by myself, and our front door just sort of like popped open on its own and it like took me a few seconds to realize like oh the furnace just kicked on so it's just like an air pressure difference (laughs) but I figured it was an appropriate story for today's episode because I'm sure there's plenty of doors and old buildings that have opened by themselves and people think like people think it's a ghost opening them yeah (laughs) no it's just the heating system <laughs> so yeah, Paige, did anything spooky happen to you? Uh, nope, not really. It, I think, God, it may have been a month, two months ago. I don't even remember how long it was now that I talked about that car alarm that kept going off, mm-hmm. and I was like very concerned that. So I'm in an apartment, <laughs> and I was like very concerned that it was like one of our neighbors setting their car alarm off because they needed help, and that we were just being like total assholes and weren't helping them. Um, <laughs> And then it stopped and like lately it's kind of started back up where every couple days it'll go off like once or twice. And I'm sure it's just like somebody's kids playing with their keys. But every time it goes off, I think like, should I be calling the police? <laughs> should I be doing something right Literally. now? <laughs> That's the most insane conclusion that you could come to. Like, what if well, one of my neighbors is in dire So I had read an article like, I don't remember, long ago about sleeping with your car keys by your bedside so that way like if anyone ever broke in you could turn your car alarm on and it would like scare them away um and like when I go out to my car in the mornings because I'm like the only person awake at that hour I always hold Mm -hmm. like have my 
car keys in my hands, like just in case like something were to happen, I could hit my car alarm. And so I don't know, I Mm -hmm. guess I just, I hear that. And now I just assume somebody's in trouble. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm like convinced (laughs) this is like somebody's cry for help. And I'm just not doing anything about it. So yeah, although like clearly that that says about me work because (laughs) Right, because I'm not calling the police. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, you're not doing anything about it. (laughs) Anyway, um, Matthew, Matt, or, sorry, keep, I have Matthew in our notes, so I'm going to, like, flip back and forth. That's fine. Whatever you like, whatever you like. (laughs) Great. Did anything spooky happen to you guys recently? Okay. Well, this is one that actually is recurring, uh, which I suppose makes it even creepier. Uh, Lying in bed... Um, at night I have, if I was on my back, Karen would be to my right. And then to my left is the edge of the bed. And I was lying on my left side, facing that edge asleep. And I felt this tap on my back, um, from Karen and I opened my eyes and somebody is standing right there next to the bed, (gasps) staring me in the face. Oh, okay. no. oh no! And it scared the heck out of me until I realized it was my five-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> but yeah, it is recurring. Was... <laughs> yes, uh, I have a almost two-year-old, so she is like still in a crib at this point, and I am zero percent looking forward to the days <laughs> where she like walks into our room and then you wake up and they're just staring at you because yeah. i know it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah well and then it's just you know you, you you crave getting to hear the sound of that little voice saying daddy it's it's a beautiful sound unless it's at three yeah. thirty in the morning <laughs> and it's just daddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it, it does uh, get amazing. quite scary though i mean if it happens and you're in the middle of a dream or something and he snaps you out of that and this little figure there and comes running into the room it is quite creepy yeah oh, very much <laughs> uh, well i guess uh, but it's re- replaced by adoration <laughs> immediately so. <laughs> so i guess my story isn't really that spooky yes. it's more kind of <laughs> ironic or, or coincidental but here we are talking about the the article um, over which Matt and I met and uh, I'd kind of forgotten it was that article. I, I remember mm-hmm. what it was. And yet here I am all these years later, maybe 10, 11 years later, writing about that same very topic, which is yeah, demon sex and, and sex with ghosts. <laughs> so I think that's an interesting coincidence <laughs> oh that, that uh, yeah, I was approached. That's what she's been spending her days yeah, doing lately. Yeah, yeah. I was approached to write a chapter for a book on uh, popular psychology about demon sex. So I've come full circle, I guess. That's incredible. That's incredible. It goes very far back into to history. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. lots of claims of people having sex with right. ghosts and demons and angels and spirits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and totally speaks to your, your comment earlier that, yeah, like you basically don't have to have any qualifications to like, you know, <laughs> call to be to do paranormal stuff or investigate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think lately it's been blowing my mind to like meet people like um like Sarah and you and uh Rebecca, uh who were we just recorded with and like find out that yeah, there are all these, you know 
PhDs and everything who who get to do all this really cool academic work on spooky stuff. <laughs> so I wish I could claim it as part of my academic work. <laughs> well, yeah, I, oh. that's the, the problem for me is that this I, I I can't really. It doesn't look good on the CV on the resume. <laughs> Writing about this kind of thing is not really linguistic. Uh, there are linguistic aspects to all of this, but that's not really recognized as being scholarly. Well, it happens just getting a normal job. Um, every time I, I get a job, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I have to get a new job all the time. But whenever I have gotten a new job, I cringe for the day that someone comes up to me and goes, I saw you on TV last night. <laughs> or, you know, I was going through YouTube and this video came up on Haunted Cheeseman Park and there you were, you know, because yeah. shortly after that, it, my reputation at work changes drastically. <laughs> so it's always nice to be as, uh, you know, uh, as anonymous incognito as possible for as long as possible. But that's happened to us a fair bit. We were at Kaiser Permanente a few months ago and, uh, I was talking with a receptionist there and she uh, saw Matt in the background. She said, Hey, that's, is that your husband? That's that guy from TV. <laughs> Ghostbuster. Oh, wow. <laughs> So he, he does get recognized around here, strangely. <laughs> well, I think we touched on this a little bit, but uh, the first question that I had was, and Karen, you said you've been interested in this stuff since you were really little, but um, how did you guys become interested in ghost hunting or how did you get started? Okay. Uh, well, for me, uh, I've always had an interest in the paranormal, but it really kind of skyrocketed when I was about 10 years old and I saw The Exorcist when I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and it scared the bejesus out of me. Um, I, I will forever have that, that, that feeling when I saw her head spin around that first time. Uh, it, uh, it really freaked me out. And the problem is that I thought, okay, I'm 10 years old. She was like 12 in the movie. I've got two years. Um, <laughs> So I have to figure out oh, how to no. defeat this yeah, before my two years is up. So I started intensely investigating <laughs> everything I could uh, about what was written about the paranormal and started to find out very quickly okay. that the only thing that's, that's out there on the paranormal is opinion. Nobody had any solid facts. Mm -hmm. Everybody's writing like they know, but everybody's conflicting with everybody else's opinion. So I thought I, I have to go mm -hmm. out and do this for myself. I have to go out and find out what's really there and what's what's really happening. So that's how I got into it. And how old did you say you were? I was 10. Good for you. So I should have said three so I could have beat Karen by two years. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Too late. <laughs> for me, uh, as I said, I was writing ghost stories about this ghost named Zuz, which is a really great name. Um, but. Very imaginative, <laughs> imaginative for a five-year-old anyway. Uh, and I, I think it came about because this is a really far back memory, but uh, we had some friends, uh, my, my brother's friends were visiting and they were talking about a ghost that they'd seen on a nearby water tower. Just a really strange story. And uh, so it seemed like they came from a family, maybe a religious family, and that they believed in this kind of thing. And I think it was really the first time I'd heard about the paranormal and ghosts and spirits. And I was just yeah. fascinated by the, the, the stories I was hearing from them. And uh, then it was around maybe one or two years later uh, that uh, 
I got some books on ghosts. So I, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Usborne series of books on ghosts and vampires and haunted houses. I am. Uh, but they were really... I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did an episode of Monster Talk quite recently where we interviewed the author of one of those books, Christopher Maynard, and we spoke with him about this book, which is just really... Uh, so it was written in the 1970s. So I was reading it, I think, in the maybe late 80s. And it's so beloved. The, the series of books, they're really popular to this day. They've made more reprints of them. And uh, so I just continued to read about ghosts and, and be involved in anything that I could that was connected to that. But at that time, you really didn't have much of a movement. I mean, nowadays you've mm-hmm. got reality television, ghost adventures, uh, and all of those kinds of shows and you've got ghost mm-hmm. groups and I guess we'll talk about that soon, how that phenomenon really took off, but there was nothing then. And uh, so I was uh, maybe late teens and I got involved with a group called the Australian skeptics because they were interested in this kind of thing, but didn't necessarily believe in it or were seeking evidence to support these kinds of claims. Uh, so mm-hmm. I got involved with them and worked with them for a while, but it was kind of around that period that things started taking off in America and Australia and England and you started having all those TV shows about ghost hunting and uh, everyone was suddenly into it. <laughs> right. Okay, so then Matt had um, a specific question. So I think just, just looking into stuff about you, um, were you – I guess one of the founders or there's, so there's something about online, like the Brian and Baxter investigation team um, mm-hmm. and the Rocky mountain paranormal research society. So kind of what has happened to those groups? <laughs> well, Rocky mountain paranormal research society is still around. I don't mm-hmm. think they're doing any investigations right now, but uh, um, yeah. don't know too much about what's happening there, but uh, the founder, Brian and I were kind of a team since, well, I guess it was from 2007 to 2017 ish. Okay. Uh, we were, uh, we were kind of a team that, that, you know, he still had the Rocky mountain paranormal research uh, society that I was, uh, basically a part of. I had joined mm-hmm. up with them, I think probably in 2003 or 2004 and they started in 1999. So, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So it, it was just kind of one of those things that, uh, we worked together until we couldn't stand each other anymore. And, um, <laughs> like, like any normal relationship. Um, and, and, and he, he ghosted me because that's the paranormal thing to do. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're just basically, um, carrying on in our own ways. And, um, mm-hmm. we both have that, this, that great history that we created to draw from. So, it's, uh, but it's only one group that you've worked with. You've worked with other. I groups have worked as with well multiple with groups, definitely. Okay. Um, over the years, and uh, I, I usually got kicked out for being too logical. Oh so, no! Oh no! <laughs> that would happen. So um, yeah, because I really wanted to find a ghost. I really wanted to believe. I, I did everything I yeah. could. But when when somebody's, you know, presenting this evidence of this picture they took with this ghostly woman standing in the window. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's your friend, Pam. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think I, yeah, I was just watching one of the YouTube videos, the Ask a Paranormal Investigator ones. And 
Oh, it was one of the, I can't remember the title of it, but it was like a ruins of a castle or something. And people were like, oh, this is the most convincing photo evidence of a ghost. Right. Yeah, and you were like, no, that's definitely a tourist. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing, <laughs> seeing the photo initially, and I was like, that's a tourist standing there. Like, why would you think that's a ghost? Yeah, you know, I mean, it might be a creepy tourist, but it's a tourist. <laughs> it's a tourist. <laughs> uh, well, I'll have to send you the picture at some point. Um, okay, so I had a specific question about the uh, – and we'll be all over the place because – I'm just too excited to wait to ask this one. Um, But (laughs) I had a specific question about one of the Rocky Mountain, I think one of the Rocky Mountain paranormal uh, research things was you guys did some stuff at the Stanley Hotel. Yes. And yeah, so this was when I was listening to the the interview that you guys did with Sarah uh, on her podcast. And I got very excited (laughs) when you started to talk about, and I meant to like write down more notes about what this means geologically, but, um, so I'm a, a a geochemist and a, a a geologist. Um, and I was very excited when you started talking about like piezoelectricity and that people say that like, that's related to why there's more activity in certain spots because it's like related to, I don't know, people say like limestone, but then like also apparently, quartz or whatever so like quartz is why you have like quartz in your your watches because that piezoelectricity um helps to to keep them on time but i had a question about that because you guys said you pulled in the usgs uh which is amazing and they did like a soil survey but it was my impression i'm getting very specific i know but it was my impression that like that it wasn't related to soil, that it was more related to bedrock. So, like, did they look at, like, you know, what's beneath the soil, like the actual bedrock in the area? Because if yes. that's, like, Rocky Mountains. Yes, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, the, the story is that when the ghost hunters uh, first uh-huh. went up to the Stanley, that was one of their exclam- exclamation, explanations, was that uh, the combination of quartz, magnetite, and limestone um, uh-huh. kind of created this perfect storm in a sense. And then uh, what would happen is there would be this piezoelectric effect that would create mm-hmm. the energy needed for paranormal activity to create that. Right. So ghosts could manifest using that energy. Um, right. So, and, and, and as you know, for there to be a piezoelectric effect, there has to be an actual piece of, of these, mm-hmm. these things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what the, I mean, here's the thing is they, they gave this as an explanation. Uh, I, I called up Jason, um, mm-hmm. from ghost hunters. And I said, where did you get this theory? Cause they were like, Oh, we've <laughs> been working on it. We've been working on this theory for a long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure you have. Um, and I said, where'd you get this theory? And he's like, Oh, well, yeah, we went into the gift shop there at the Stanley hotel and the guy behind the counter told us. Yeah. <laughs> But that's fantastic uh, research. Um, <laughs> I would not have thought to have done that myself. That's brilliant. So uh, we thought, okay, there, there's got to be more to this. So uh, emailed uh, the uh, uh, USGS uh-huh. and said there are claims that, you know, the, these type of things will cause a piezoelectric effect for ghosts to manifest. But we don't even know if these things are there, if, if magnetite, sure. quartz, limestone are even present um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so we see 
this chain of, of emails getting sent around the USGS as it gets sent back to us. We see all the, you know, the, the chain in the, in the email. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've sent it to everybody. And suddenly the subject line has changed to ghost in our soils. So they were having, <laughs> they were having a great time with this. And yeah. they, they were very excited about doing it. So they gathered up a team and they, they said, well, we've, the closest we've come to any soil surveys up there is about 10 miles away, which as yeah. you know, you know, two miles is, is as good as a hundred miles. Uh, you, yeah. you have to be really on site. They're like, do yeah. you think you could get us into the Stanley hotel? <laughs> and we're, and we're like, so you're asking some dude, you know, here in, in Colorado to get the federal government into a private place. Okay, sure. Whatever. We'll do it. Um, you know, like we have that kind of power, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So we went up and we got permission and got them in and we got to spend two days with mm-hmm. all these different soil scientists and, and, uh, um, geologists and it, it was mm-hmm. great. It was a lot of fun mm-hmm. to do it, but they did all kinds of different testing. And what they found was those three things do exist up there, mm-hmm. but they don't exist as rocks. They exist as schist. So it's just okay. powder and you can't get a piezoelectric effect off of powder. Yeah. Like you have to have the actual yeah crystal. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a very interesting thing. They found nothing in conductivity that was out of the normal, uh, but they did uh-huh. find that the bedrock was closer to the surface than they expected, um, uh-huh. which I'm not sure of all the implications of that. I know that in one of the rooms, uh, specifically room 401, the big haunted room, mm-hmm. that there was enough of a vibration that would happen at times that this big uh, armoire would basically vibrate out from the wall hmm. uh, by, you know, inches. And it, mm-hmm. it, it looked like something paranormal was going on. Uh, the, the door mm-hmm. in that room to the closet would open and close. More often than not, that was caused by the elevator going up and down. Oh, sure. <laughs> but um, so, you know, I don't know if there's implications for the bedrock being so close to the surface there. But yeah, it was closer to the surface than they expected. Um, yeah. it was under, it was under and well under at times 50 centimeters. Okay. Yeah. So, so. pretty, pretty thin layer of soil, which yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's like an erosional surface because it's mm-hmm. the mountains are, are pretty well in geologic time, fairly recently uplifted. I so, can send you the whole, yeah. uh, I can send you the whole report if you'd like. Yeah, from that'd the, be from great. The, um, <laughs> yeah, the Natural Resources Conservation Service. It's the first time I've been on a government report where I wasn't uh, being accused of something. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, I can do my little um, geology aside, but yeah, schist is a, a metamorphic rock that is created under pretty high heat and pressure, um, and schist can contain quartz, but yeah, like not in the sense of it's an actual yeah. Yeah, not a crystal, crystal at that point. That's gonna form like a piezoelectric effect. So yeah, and it, so is that where that whole like the limestone thing makes literally no sense because like limestone no. is is like micro crystalline at best. Like it's it's yeah, that's not how. Limestone well, the reason works, they but... said this when you when you go under the um the uh, the Stanley Hotel into the tunnels down underneath, yeah. it's it's very obviously all either very compacted dirt or limestone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think they just kind of drew that. Oh, there's limestone there. Must be part of the problem. 
So let's sure. go check with the, uh, the the clerk at the gift shop and make sure. <laughs> yeah, but but like that idea, like the limestone thing, I hadn't heard the quartz before, but the limestone thing, like I've heard it in other ghost shows they, they, and stuff. So it's like that yeah. where that whole idea originated. The um, well, that that is a big part where it originated because that okay. was around two thousand three, two thousand two, yeah. two thousand three, when that happened, and then that theory just exploded. Okay. Um, other times it's been mentioned around that time. It has had to have done with the, some sort of theory about the running water, uh, oh, bringing okay. some sort of energy to it. Okay. <laughs> But I think a really interesting point, too, is that even after Matt had explained what was going on and uh-huh. that they brought in the USGS and, and so this should have really been spread out that, that this, here's the reality here, uh, that yeah. ghost, I think it was Ghost Adventures continued to talk about it yep. uh, uh-huh. and, and ghost hunting groups continue to go there in search of evidence on the, the basis of, of that claim, uh, even mm-hmm. though it had been debunked. Well, there was a a show, a documentary called The Stanley Effect, a piezoelectric nightmare, which is really the place you want to take your kids for vacation. Um, so the the interesting thing is 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 they interviewed us in this this documentary, and we told them we're going to be doing this this you know research with the uh, the federal government and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And at the end, we gave them. The, the report that says, look, don't push this theory anymore. It holds no water. And yeah. uh, um, it's a bunch of shist. And <laughs> we, uh, we gave that to them. And they took the little line in the report where it says that those, you know, minerals were present oh, and gosh. used it to bolster their argument. <laughs> um, Correlation <laughs> is not well, causation, people. Well, and, and, and cherry picking should not be done like that. So I couldn't think of a good yeah. rhyme. So yeah. <laughs> not one I that I could we, use I think on we air. Should anyway. add to, I think we should add just a, a postscript to this story that Matt has been kicked out of the Stanley hotel as well. Yes. The, <gasps> the, 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 basically the CEO of the company who owns the Stanley hotel has called and said, please don't come back. <gasps> because like you're going against the, yeah, we're yeah, ruining like their, their ghost stories. hunting, their, their oh, ghost oh, tours. Oh, no! Paige, we got to go before they get wise that we like did the episode where we talked about how the claims were fake because well, they're going to know. It's okay. It's okay because the next year they had a new general manager they didn't know and, and uh-huh. invited me up to do some talks and everything. So oh, and we said, okay. you might want to rethink that before you invite me. Um, <laughs> check with the head office. And then we didn't get a phone call back. So. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we're gonna switch gears a little bit again. So Matt, this is kind of another this is kind of another Matt specific question. Sorry, Karen. Uh, <laughs> um, but it looks like <laughs> you were one of the investigators for the one million dollar paranormal challenge. So I was wondering if you could give like a little bit of background, like a short explanation of what that was and then what your involvement with it was. Well, I can say that I, while I was one of the more visible ones in that, um, Karen uh, was uh, actually one of the investigators with me. Oh, uh, so it's not just a Matt question. It is not. It <laughs> is not. She, she, never gets, <laughs> she never gets credit for that. But she, for several years, she was an investigator, uh, you know, uh, I would say above me in that. I was, just, so cool. I was just the one with the green tie <laughs> that everybody saw. 
So um. <laughs> thank you. I was a, I was a research fellow for the James Randi Educational Foundation, uh, and I uh, was yeah, I was doing investigations for them and writing them up, and that's how the book Haunting America came about. But uh, I I didn't work specifically on the million dollar challenge the way that Matt did with a few other people who I'm sure you're going to talk about now. Yeah, I I uh, Banachek, um, if you guys know who he is, uh, the wonderful mentalist and, and uh, magic creator, uh, who is now the president of the JREF. Um, he was in charge of the Million Dollar Challenge at that point. And I was attending one of the amazing meetings and uh, was very excited to get to meet him and shook his hand. And he knew who I was. And that fl- tripped me out. I was not expecting him to know who I was. And he said I had a good reputation, <laughs> which I was not expecting either because nobody's ever said that about me. <laughs> And, uh, and he said he would he's like, very polite. yeah, he, yeah. I, I think that's the problem. He's just doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings unless you're a psychic. Um, and, uh, and then you don't see it coming puns aside. He, uh, yeah, he said that he wanted me to uh, work with him and be an investigator for him. So I was very proud to wow. do so. And, uh, so I'll, I'll talk about any aspect of that that you'd like. Yeah, well, I guess just like a little um, summary of what it is for listeners that that might not know, but yeah, just like what I don't know anything the, about your involvement or or yeah, okay. how it kind well, of the, wrapped up or whatever. <laughs> well, put simply, the the million dollar challenge was put in place by James Randi, the amazing Randi, to um, offer people that claimed that they had some sort of supernatural power uh, an opportunity to prove it. And if you did it under mm-hmm. scientific conditions and, and everybody agrees upon the protocol, so it's not like, you know, whip out any surprises on them, um, but everybody agrees to the protocol and we test them. And if they can pass the tests, they win a million dollars. Now, there are, are different phases to it. You know, it's not just one test and you're in. Uh, you have to, to te- you know, test several times uh, to make sure that it's legitimate. And uh, nobody's made it past the first you know, the first go. Um, so (laughs) one of the ones I was involved in was this guy who claimed he had, uh, sort of a a psychokinetic power that he could put this, a a foam ball that would float on on water. He could put it in a bowl and then with his mind, make that ball go any direction that he wanted in the bowl of water. (laughs) Uh, he could will, if you spun a quarter on a table, he could will it to land on head or heads or tails. And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what else about him that, uh, that he was claiming, but he ended up not showing up. And I think he didn't ultimately show up because I had recreated everything he claimed he could do. You know, I was able to make the ball do the same thing he could do. I was able to get the same, the same, you know, accuracy on the, uh, the spin in the quarter and various things like that. Um, So Uh what we ended up doing at the amazing meeting with this one is to have some people come up on stage and see if they could keep the ball in the center of the water and not let it move anywhere. Because all he was basically doing was putting the ball there. And as soon as, you know, because of the surface tension, it would float off in one direction or another. And then he would just move his hands in that direction. And it looked like he was pushing it. Uh, So we said, okay, your task is to sit there and and don't let the ball move at all. It has to sit in the center, use your power. And of course, nobody could do it. Um, everybody failed on that one, but, um, yeah, we've had multiple ones where we've, uh, basically just, you know, taken away all of the ways they could fake it and to see if they could still do it after yeah. that. 
and uh, yeah, I can remember years. some pretty weird claimants over the years. I remember there was one person who claimed that she could make people urinate on command. Oh, so when yeah, she just wet their oh, pants, told them to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one was ever tested, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, there've certainly certainly been some really strange claims over the years. Do you know how, like how yeah, many? Like approximately oh, how many of these were tested? It's it's been years worth. Um, it started out yeah. as a ten thousand dollar. There've been hundreds of claimants over the years, but very yeah. few make it to that point where they're tested. Yeah, gotcha. they, it, it's it's they get weeded out fairly quickly. Um, uh, you know, through the just the the normal process. But uh, yeah, it started out as a ten thousand uh, dollar prize, and then over the years it grew mm-hmm. um, from different you know people donating and, and uh, backing it. So it was a, a, a lot of fun to be a part of that in its yeah. uh, kind of its heyday. Um, yeah, and uh, getting to getting to work with these people, and and uh, uh, on on one of them, I was actually in opposition to the million dollar challenge. Oh, really? Well, Banachek had to go on tour with Chris Angel. And a couple other people took over the challenge for that year and they blocked me and Karen out of it. Um, it was oh, a little bit of a po- political power play that was going on, but we saw all kinds of holes in their protocol. And so we, with the help of uh, Teller from Penn and Teller, uh, kind of devised <laughs> a, a plan to show that their protocols weren't very good. And uh, did manage wow. to do that, and and that that that'll be for another show. That's our Ocean's Eleven story. We'll we'll tell that a, at <laughs> another gosh. time because I know we got better stories to tell. So. <laughs> Again, <laughs> you guys are the coolest people ever. Um. <laughs> Karen's role in that one was was Academy Award winning, is all I can say. But we'll, we'll, long we'll story. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell that one another time. Oh my gosh! Have us back. Yeah. Well, great. Now, now you guys have to be back on the show again. Um, it's official. <laughs> uh, so, is the is the million dollar challenge stuff still going on? Like I'd heard of it, but only sort of in passing. I never looked that much into it. I believe it's defunct now. Uh, yeah, it looked like okay. 2015 was like the last year. So over the years, not only were there hundreds of uh, claimants, but also James or Andy would approach people, especially famous figures, and challenge them. Uh, so it was not only people applying, yeah. but also him directly challenging people. One of those people was Sylvia Brown, the, the psychic medium. And I think he had a clock that showed how many hours or years it had been since he had challenged her and she accepted the, cha- the challenge, but then she never followed through with that. Would have, would have damaged her reputation for sure. Yeah. I just like, I can't believe that nobody tried to make like a reality television show out of that. Back in the nineties, I believe James Randy had his own show. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Well then I just don't know. <laughs> and, and oh, it but was it wasn't great. about challenging people in, in that regard. It was I. Uh, well, I guess yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean, I remember the graphology episode, and yeah, he would, huh. uh, he would. I think he would have someone who would demonstrate their powers, and then he would come in and replicate that, and then uh, I think finish by saying, "You decide what you believe in," and wasn't it something like that? It was- kind of, yeah. Or, or he would uh, um, basically have them prove or you know show what they what they do, and then he would come out and put mm-hmm. in a few protocols in place to prevent fraud. 
and then suddenly they couldn't mm-hmm. do it anymore. So the energy had left them. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I well, would watch that show. That was b- before its time. Yeah, I was going to say the closest thing I could think of is that Factor Faked show um, that's like run by Ben Hansen. But <laughs> well, Matt's got a story found, there like, too. He's maybe he's not maybe the most reliable. <laughs> you said you have a story about him too. Yep. Oh my god! Yeah, Matt's Matt's got a really good expose on them. I I, I wrote the, an article about it, but he can tell you that. Wow! Story. Yeah, uh, basically, we were we were working on um, a TV it's show TV pilot at the time, and so we had put out this little video we were kind of hoping was going to go viral to be a, a bit of an advertising stunt. So we had this Ouija board where we're trying to contact somebody on the Ouija board, and, and the the planchette just starts going crazy and ju- keeps jumping to the X no matter what we ask. And, uh, huh. you know, we freak out and have to leave the room because it's just too scary. And uh, this, uh, and the video is still up somewhere on YouTube and people are still commenting on it, on how frightening and, and you don't yeah. mess with Ouija boards and all this kind of stuff. Well, we were contacted <laughs> by Factor Faked, the producers that said, uh, okay. you know, that's great. Is it real? Uh, and hmm. I was careful to say that it was, you know, I was careful not to say it was fake, but not to say it was real. I just said it was, you know, this mm-hmm. was a crazy happening. And, uh, they're like, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. We want to have them, you know, see it on the show. So, uh, can you do it again? You know, can you, can you actually film it again and, but make it a little crazier this time? Hmm. It's like, so you, you want no. us to fake a video for you. And offered the money for it then, as yeah, well. Yeah, they offered us money. $1,500. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, proving that they were the, the faking ones. <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. So That uh, is but, so but we, disappointing. Uh-huh. And, but we found out that this is a normal thing. Our uh, One of our good uh, magician friends told us how he was um, – and, and Karen, you may want to tell this story about the uh, haunted uh, – Haunted Collector. Yeah, Haunted Collector. So the show with uh, John Zaffis, if you're familiar with him. John uh, Zaffis. Yeah, John Zaffis. (laughs) I don't know him. (laughs) He is the uh, nephew of Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's right, yep. So he's got a paranormal, a museum of uh, paranormal artifacts. And uh, so he had a TV show, a number, I think he's had a few TV shows, but this one was, uh, I can't remember the, the premise, but I think it was basically that people would come to him and his team of experts and they would have an, an some kind of item uh, that was haunted and it might be a walking cane, grand, grandpa's walking cane, or it might be a, a scary looking doll or something like that, Annabelle. Uh, and so they would research this object and uh, look into the history of the object and determine whether it was haunted or not. And uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so this, magician friend of ours can can i make a quick comment karen oh sure one of the real i guess ugly sides of this is as you know ed and lorraine warren have their paranormal museum that they charge money for uh Mm -hmm. so does uh john zaffis and And he would get these things by going into people's houses and saying oh that is that's a haunted item let me just take it out of here for you i'll just take it and then you don't have to worry about it anymore so he's, Antiques and vintage yeah. items. Yeah. You can see where this is coming. So he's built himself quite a little uh, museum for himself that he charges people to come see. And this show, The Haunted mm-hmm. Collector, was basically him going and collecting stuff from people. 
um, for a free and charge. saving them from yeah from these negative influences attached to these things and demons and all that kind of thing. What a guy. So so anyway, we (laughs) have this uh, magician friend who uh, basically revealed that the producers of this show had come to him and wanted him to create some uh, effects so that they could frighten the team. No. So they yeah. like wanted a so, like when they turned on a light to have the light bulb explode and uh, you know just various things like that to scare the team. So oh this gosh. kind of thing is really common with these reality TV shows. And in fact, again, Matt knows this with uh, even Ghost Hunters that they've had yeah. uh, alleged paranormal phenomena on the show, and he's been mm-hmm. able to explain what was going on and uh, had gone to members of the show and said, "Look, you know that this is is just a perfectly natural thing, not a supernatural thing," and They've just said, well, Mm -hmm. yeah, but, you know, we wanted to play it up, make it more interesting. And I think in the earlier days of Ghost Hunters too, their their following wasn't terribly large because they weren't really finding anything. And uh, as soon as they started finding things in quotey fingers, the show created a fan base and and, uh, spawned a whole bunch of other shows. Right. Well, I think I had read at one point, and, and it was something that I had noticed that like early on, you know, they would have whole investigations where they'd come out of it and say, no, like this isn't haunted. And then like as the show progressed and somebody actually did the numbers, it was like as the show progressed, like basically everything that they went to was haunted all of a sudden. Um, and we mm-hmm. had Kenny Biddle on um, la- last fall to talk about you know debunking hauntings and stuff and he um i think also knows jason haas and yeah like was was telling us about some specific things that had had been faked <laughs> on like some pretty notable episodes so that was really yeah. <laughs> earth shattering well, i don't know matt if you i don't know matt if speaking of shattering if you want to talk about the glass or if you want to talk about the haunted table well yeah the the stanley <laughs> hotel episode for example mm-hmm. um, yeah we 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 chatted about the the thing where his glass his glass broke and i i specifically remember because i used to like watch the show and think it was so fun and yeah i like specifically remember that episode and that glass shattering and thinking like that's really weird so yeah i'd, I'd love to hear about that <laughs> yeah i did did do you know if can if kenny biddle happened to talk to him about that oh i don't do you, do I don't you know think if he did? So. Because I don't think so. Okay. Well, here here it is from Jason's mouth then, uh, because we did talk to him about it, um, and and you know basically he said, yeah, no, uh, there was nothing paranormal there. He was trying to get comfortable. He was thirsty. He called down to um, you know room service basically and asked for a glass of water. And they brought him uh-huh. up a, a pitcher and an empty glass, but the glass was hot because it had just come out of their dishwasher. And it's one of those ones that kind of has the scoring around it, decorative scoring mm-hmm. around it. And they poured uh-huh. this ice cold water into it. And right at that scoring, it went kink and broke. Of course um, it did. And that's it. He's like, he's like, there was nothing paranormal it's, about it. It was a hot glass, cold water. I would like to at least believe that like the people on the show believe believe you know like even if they're not doing 
like even if they're not being like super scientific about it, I'd at least like to believe that they believe what they're selling mm. us. But like, no, it's yeah. all just for yeah. ratings. <laughs> after after that episode, uh, interestingly enough, Grant and Jay became producers on the show, uh, and they realized oh. where the money was. Oh, so yeah. they had a vested interest in finding a ghost every time. Huh. So, Yikes. and then uh, you guys know about the collar. The collar tug is another good one, but um, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> and that was at the Stanley as well. But uh, uh-huh. the interesting one. Uh, oh no, I think I just confronted him at the Stanley about that one. That was actually in, in <laughs> England. <laughs> but anyway, that the 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 table jump at the Stanley. That was a, mm-hmm. another fun one where they're talking about this heavy oak table uh, and um, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Karen and I sat at that very table and levitated that that table with our pinkies. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's part no. of the board. I mean, it's oh, very no. light. Yeah, and uh, we, we we should send you over a, a photo of us doing that. But uh, um, and then we made a video. Oh, please do uh, of having the the we we made a video of that exact same table jump. Um, and uh, I tr- did my best Grant impersonation, uh, which uh, didn't come out exactly like Grant. But- but yeah, yeah so it's, it's it's suffice to say you you don't talk to him anymore. No, no, Grant doesn't like me so much anymore. But uh, that's okay. Um, we're not on speaking terms. That's fine. We we didn't get invited to a friend's wedding because of the fact that that individual had invited Grant as well. Yeah, and, and, Grant uh-huh. and they did not want us all in the same place see us, at the same time, especially you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so they're, this is like <laughs> the, the most real... amazing thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the, the fact is that there's a, a lot of backstory to all of these things. What you see on television is highly scripted, highly produced, and uh, that yeah. there is, isn't much mystery or, or really ghost hunting involved. Uh, it, it's reality television. It's I think there are disclaimers on all of these shows saying this show is for entertainment purposes only. There's nothing... Yeah. scientific or well, historical well, about the research. The category, the category of the show itself is not a reality program. It's called a docu-soap. It is partially mm. scripted. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and but so. I didn't realize it that. It just stinks because that's what, like people are watching it as a reality show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, we had made comparisons in the past that y- you don't want to, the problem is, is people were watching these shows when, when we first started um, really working with Rocky Mountain Paranormal, there were four pro- investigation teams in Denver. Uh, ten mm-hmm. years later, after all these shows exploded, there were over four hundred. Oh and all the rage, yeah. And that's the <laughs> wow. problem: is people watch these shows and think, "I can do that. That looks like fun. I'm going to go and do that." But you don't watch an mm-hmm. episode of House and suddenly think you can do surgery. Right. Some people do. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I personally know some people who do, but. <laughs> I think that's an interesting point, too, because uh, Matt and I have seen a lot of unethical behavior over the years. A uh, little bit. Do you want to tell sure. the guys about that uh, cemetery uh, tour that we did? Yeah. Um, in, in Colorado Springs, there was a, a ghost hunting group that would conduct tours of a cemetery. And um, Karen was actually the one that, that went on this tour and sort of reported back uh, on it. I think, um, 
I think I'd had a foot, I had a foot injury and actually couldn't go on the tour. So Karen had to go on the tour, but uh, I remember that they, I was wearing, uh, well, I would call them thongs, but that's a different thing in this country. So flip flops (laughs) and we were given these forms to fill out initially to, to to sign, to say, Oh, yeah, yeah. Multiple visuals. Uh, so we were given these documents that we had to sign these uh, disclaimers to to basically warn us that there were rattlesnakes everywhere, and we're doing this ghost tour of a cemetery oh. at night in the dark, and I'm wearing flip flops. So that that was tons of fun. Yeah, <laughs> and my night vision isn't very good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, from memory uh, there there were just some really unethical things that were taking place. I think one thing was that mm-hmm. uh, someone on the tour, and I, wasn't it a matter of the cemetery board, I think was was upset, contacted us because she was upset. I think she had a, uh, a loved one who had been buried in the cemetery and she was suspicious about this group coming in and doing ghost hunting and uh, thought that they were maybe vandalizing things. Uh, so from memory, mm. this group were allowing people to uh, if they needed to go potty, to go around the headstones. <gasps> and they oh, were also, no. yeah, and they were also uh, stealing objects from the graves of children. children. That's terrible. And no. they were uh, keeping them as, as haunted objects. And it's the kind of thing that I've seen over the years and I've written about too on uh, Etsy and eBay where people will be selling a haunted doll or selling a, uh, a haunted necklace. And uh, But often you'll see souvenirs and mementos that have been stolen from graves, especially graves Ew. of kids. And uh, they, they were doing so that. I can't remember anything else, but uh, that's bad enough. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it is really sad, and the things they were doing, and another things that they were doing would they, they found a grave that had cool looking headstone. Well, then mm-hmm. whoever was buried there was a had been a witch, and she still haunts this place, oh, and blah geez. blah blah. You know, and and that's really offensive to the person who's actually lying there. You know, and their family. Oh sure. And mm-hmm. so it's yeah. I mean, the person lying there doesn't care much, but the the family does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we ended up yeah. getting them banned from doing tours at that cemetery. Uh, um, yeah. Just because of that, that was just ridiculous. The things that we had basically caught them doing and the lies that they were telling about, you know, all this, uh, you know, the legends and everything. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah just, the, disrespect, they had zero, the disrespect was very bad. They yeah. had zero understanding of history. Uh, I'd, I remember doing some research on the place. I mean, this is going back years ago, but I did some research and everything that they were talking about was historically inaccurate. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was absolutely no respect there. Yeah. Um, which cemetery was this? It was called Evergreen Cemetery in Colorado Springs. Is it Manitou Springs? I thought it was Manitou Springs. Yeah, it might, oh, okay. it was, yeah, they're all kind of like right in that area. So. Yeah, yeah. That's unreal. <laughs> That's unreal. Let me just say, though, like I <laughs> – I would, I know that you have like the the YouTube series and all this stuff, but like hundred percent, I would watch a TV show where it was just like Matt and Karen debunking everyone's ghost shit and like <laughs> spilling all the tea about it. <laughs> I, I would too. Uh, and, uh, Except you know, she's Australian, there would be no spilling of tea, just drinking. <laughs> uh, well, I think we have as the kids say, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have uh, 
you know, a, an archive of stuff that we've, we've done. I mean, we, uh, I've written about all of these things and, and Matt's uh, done various shows and we've, we've talked about these things, but I think it would be fun definitely to collate them, put them all together. And, and I think there's a lot of humour in it, yeah. but there's a lot of disturbing oh, yeah. stuff too. Well, you know, yeah. Over, yeah. Uh, yeah. over the past 10 years, we've had so many producers come to us wanting to do a, a TV show. Um, by the time that they stopped oh, when okay. I turned forty, though, <laughs> they keep keep calling for for Matt. But once you're a woman and you hit forty, then no, don't want you. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Well, and, and <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. Get Karen's latest book on the offensive, prejudice and language, yeah, past and present. That's right. Um, uh, that, that topic is discussed. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say that it's it's interesting because as we would get to know these producers and they would get to know us, they started to realize that they couldn't do a show with us. That not just because yeah. they don't feel the public wants the truth, uh, they don't feel the public mm-hmm. is intelligent enough to handle the truth. I mean, these these producers are kind of terrible people. Um, on, and that's on, not what sells. Well, the, yeah, it's not what sells and in their minds. Some. I think it would sell. But the problem is, the real problem, is almost every one of these networks had a paranormal TV show. Yeah. They couldn't have a show that directly yeah. opposes it on the same yeah. network. Yeah. So it got to a point where there were really yeah. no networks. I mean, even the cooking channel, the cooking channel had had a paranormal show. The pet, the uh, animal <laughs> planet had their own paranormal show. So there Weren't was you contacted not- yeah. about a cooking ghost show, Matt? I think you were approached about that. Yeah, yeah. And and a, and a real estate, uh, a haunted real estate show. Yeah. Um, all kinds yeah, of different. Yeah, at all. Yeah, there was a, a ton oh, of different yeah. ones. But the thing is, is once they realized how that we weren't going to play the Ghost Hunters game, um, yeah. they, they, several of them came back and said, it would be a great show, but we can't oppose this yeah. show that's getting good ratings. In fact, Or to push us to act as though we we believed in these right. things. And, and, you know... Yeah, had to Just, back out of it. can't do that. Yeah. Well, good for you guys. Well, we had know? to back out of a National <laughs> yeah. Geographic contract because of that. We oh, had a, wow. a we had an option agreement with National Geographic, and it was on whether the show Chasing UFOs was successful or not. Because if it was successful, then they were going to uh, get ours started. And the problem was, is we did not like the way their show was presented. Yeah. And it was ugly. And, oh. and uh, so we, we kind of sent a love letter to national geographic uh that ultimately got us out of our contract so oh my gosh i yeah i'm well i'm still sad i guess that's the beauty of of independent podcasting youtube we don't have producers (laughs) we can just say whatever the fuck we want (laughs) (laughs) and frequently we do i have been trying so hard to censor myself this whole time and me, me too. I've been really oh, polite. Oh, you're allowed to swear. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You don't have to be polite. Ooh, I was you guys are playing with the I corona there. I not swearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I was not swearing because I'm well, like, oh, I have to be on my best behavior for Karen and Matt. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. no. I no, have we, learned so we, many cuss words from Karen. From, and from your son now. Yeah. <laughs> our, yeah. Our little guy has, has quite the potty mouth. Yeah, my, my father, my father sa- said he was excited to be able to get to teach our five-year-old son uh, how to curse. And, yeah. you know, Karen's like, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know who you're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that 
regarding regarding these ex- exposés uh, and revealing what's going on behind all of these shows, I think that uh, these are the kinds of things that Matt has been tackling with his YouTube channel and will continue to do yes, so too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's right now made this kind of open call to people, send me your evidence, send me uh, any mm-hmm. ghost sightings or stories that are out there. And so he's getting a huge wealth of or stuff from Just TikTok. questions. If you got a question, I'll answer it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah this, this latest one, do you want to mention that? Oh yeah, it was basically this this girl, and and if if, if you haven't seen the the video, the, this girl claims that she was uh, home alone and just doing this whole dance routine for TikTok, and she wasn't even going to post it, but she noticed there was something <laughs> on the stairway behind her. Why would you make a TikTok video and not plan on post posting it? it? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> exactly. It makes so much sense. So I start off my video saying, okay, I'm home alone and I didn't plan on posting this. And then I have my son walk behind me and wave at the camera. Yeah. So, I 100% watched that video of yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just so I think- you can't trust your own senses and your own memory on things because she probably remembered that she thought she was home alone. But there's too many reasons why that is an actual person and not a ghost. Yeah. There's a, there's <laughs> a couple examples um, of, yeah, I'm like embarrassingly got into to TikTok like a year ago or so um, much to Paige's dismay because I send them to her and she's like, I don't, I don't want to watch these. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I True. do like really love all of the, um, I like love all the, yeah, the ones of like, Oh, my house is haunted or I have a poltergeist or whatever. And it's just like ridiculous mm. shit. Like, like for part two. Yeah, there's like that one on the stairs. There's like one where she has doing some other dance and someone like they're like, oh, shadow figure like looks around the corner. And it's like, that's a person like (laughs) on a bunk bed or something like, I don't know. Um, But there's so many examples of that. Um, But Paige will appreciate that uh, Kenny Biddle has a TikTok and he like debunks people's uh, ghost sightings on there, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, one thing that, that Matt's been doing for, for many years is uh, taking, uh, uh, say there's something on the news about UFOs in the sky or, mm-hmm. or maybe an, an angel in a, a parking lot or uh, a, a ghost in a gym, something like that, and recreated <laughs> that phenomenon or phenomena. Yeah, the, the easiest one is when the, the security cameras catch ghosts. That's the easiest mm-hmm. one to recreate. Um, so I because use, they're I like often to do those. bugs, <laughs> yeah, spiders, flies, oh, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I had to be a fruit fly wrangler on one of those, and uh, it was really sad how many fruit flies I needlessly murdered because um, <laughs> they are really hard to direct. <laughs> needlessly murdered. I was gonna say I've, I think I've murdered every fruit fly that I've come across. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I can kind of say that the ghosts that ended up on that video were actually ghosts of fruit flies that I killed. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spirits of flies. Yeah. 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 We, um, the security camera stuff that we have one in our, in our backyard and it like routinely the motion thing on it will, will go off and our phones will buzz because there's like oh. a spider that's made its home up there. So you turn it on and it's like, oh, giant spider. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? So. laughs> 
Um, yeah. So you mentioned your, um, your five-year-old son and I had to ask because you mentioned it on Sarah's, uh, the, the interview you guys did with Sarah. Did you ever post any of the paranormal preschool stuff? Yes, there is one episode of Paranormal Preschool. It's on Facebook right now. Uh, but oh, maybe, okay. still maybe, I'll, 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 you know, that might be a you good idea. You should add it to, to the channel. Well, I should post it actually as an Ask a Paranormal Investigator because um, yeah. it's it's uh, it's classic. It's classic. And, and one of the <laughs> phrases that that he uses in this, he now uses all the time. Because um, oh. you know he he says in in this episode he's like I've been I've been ghost hunting since I was a little kid, and, uh, <laughs> and he now says that about everything. Yeah, so yeah, I, I take him to school this morning, and he wants to bring his ukulele with him, and and uh, <laughs> you know the woman at the the counters are taking our temperatures. She's like, oh, yeah. do, do you know how to play that? And he's like, I've been playing this since I was a little kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She almost fell on the floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's yeah. too funny. Yeah. So yeah. So for listeners who don't, <laughs> for listeners who don't know, this is they mentioned on a on another podcast that they their um, preschooler had said that he wanted to be a ghost hunter, and so they were filming him like doing ghost hunting things, and his your, the cat was like his psychic or something. Oh, yeah, the yeah. cat is his psychic. Psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, too I just funny. Think She's I, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad that a, a video of it exists and like can be shared with the world because <laughs> that was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I not too be- far off the reality of, uh, of TV shows that are out there. Uh, you know, right? Episodes about um, or shows about uh, kids in school who are have psychic abilities. I mean, all this sort of stuff is, is out there. So that was really a parody yeah. of that kind of thing. But I think yeah. there's as much science in, in that episode as there is in a lot of these supposedly <laughs> real shows. Yeah. <laughs> so well, amazing. I, for one, am very excited to watch this video. I, I, will, I <laughs> yeah. will put that up on Ask a Paranormal Investigator so um, people can. So excited. <laughs> yeah, we have to do a follow-up. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, is there, there's a, a, a creature that he's very interested in. I, I guess you could call it a cryptid, although we know the origin of it, uh, mm-hmm. much like Slender Man. This one is um, this one is Siren Head, and it's a really oh. creepy, creepy creature, but he loves it. He adores it, and it lives out in the forest. So this summer, we will be going on a Siren Head hunt. And, uh, you should film that. That one will be videoed as well, so. Yeah. Oh my god! Good idea. Wait, and Siren Head is like a thing that he found out about, or is this? I've never heard of this. Well, if just just do a quick Google of Siren Head, and you'll see more than you ever wanted to know. Or uh, actually, I do uh, ask a paranormal investigator. I do have an episode on it. Oh, perfect. because it's, okay, yeah. it's perfect. very related to Slender Man, and and if you guys yeah. know anything about Slender Man, yeah, um, yeah, it's there's there's a, a scary element to it. So. And um, I love that your five-year-old's yeah. like, yeah, let's go hunt for him. Well, and I love that you guys are just, like, doing it with him. I, yeah. just, I think that's great. Yeah. Well, the thing it's is, is you can't go, to the store, can't go to the store and actually buy a Slender Man action figure. They don't make them. Um, sorry. So I, I had to make one for him, and it's his favorite toy. I, if I had known, oh if I had known I could make you a piece of crap and you'd think it was the best thing ever, I would save it a lot of money on all these other things I got. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. So, oh, like, sh- not only are you guys, like, the coolest people ever, but your five-year-old <laughs> is, like, also way cooler than I'll ever be. <laughs> oh, he's, he's a pretty cool little kid. He's cooler that's than us. That's so, Yeah, he is. And that's so what you cute. want in your kids. <laughs> Do better than you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, only my dream that, that my kid Alice will be like, yeah, let's go hunt for ghosts or monsters or whatever. So... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like to think that I was a pretty unflappable kid because my parents took me to see Jurassic Park in theaters when I was five years old. So, and that's like one of my favorite movies now. But that's like yeah. the spookiest thing that I did when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, it's it's funny you say that. A spooky thing that just happened is I showed um, Blade is his name. I showed Blade that scene where the Velociraptors and the Tyrannosaurus Rex fight at the end um, just mm-hmm. yesterday. Just yesterday. Oh, he was so excited. He (laughs) loved it. Another coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can speak from experience as as a former five year old who saw that movie that I <laughs> I survived. I think I cried for part of it, but then I was oh. all about it afterwards. So <laughs> my, my parents took me to see Jaws when I was five, and I'm still afraid of the toilet. <laughs> the toilet? <laughs> well, there's water in there. I live in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. he- He's very scared when we go to, to Australia and, and he goes to the beach and he's worried about sharks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a real Probably life thing cause, scary. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. Do either of you play any video games? I am forced to play Roblox uh, video <laughs> games with Blade because he loves them so much. Um <laughs> But have you ever played Phasmophobia? No, I have not. It's basically it's it's just like a it's a ghost hunting game. So you yes. and like three other people get uh get together and there's like, I don't know, maybe like ten different locations that you get to go to and it's haunted. Um, and then you have to collect evidence and based off the evidence you've collected, you have to determine like what type of ghost is haunting that location. I love it. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. Yeah. Oh, it's I was yeah. super duper fun. And we were going to ask if you guys played it, if you would be interested in streaming with us sometime because we play all the time. <laughs> um, I, I might have to do that. Might have to do that with you because I was doing a search uh, to find a good topic for Ask a Paranormal Investigator. And I uh-huh. did like uh, just um, ghost hunting evidence. And the mm-hmm. only entries that came up were from that video game. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere right now. And like that's the thing. So like each ghost hunt – you have to find three pieces of evidence and the the so you get a um a spirit box you get a uv light so you can look for like fingerprints and stuff um you get a, you get like a camera to look for orbs a camera to look for orbs you get an emf detector to look for that you get a thermometer a thermometer yeah so it's like <laughs> if it's cold that is where the ghost is well, so the main line. But anyway, so like there'll be like three lines of evidence that you have to find. And then like that determines what the ghost is. Um, but yeah, it's and then there'll be like extra stuff you have to get sometimes. Like sometimes you like get the ghost to like walk through salt or something like that. But <laughs> that sounds wow. like fun. And frequently we get murdered by the ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, we're not very good at this game. Well, and I have to say, you've you've made me think of a couple of things here that, that okay. we, we won't we won't have time to talk about today. But I, I think we do need to come back. 
And yes. one of those is that um, speaking of a spirit box, um, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. Karen and I knew the inventor of the spirit box um, and Karen did a great oh, interview really? with him and he gave us one of his own personal spirit boxes. Um, and this was all before he died, but he is a character uh-huh. that, that should probably be discussed and, and you know, with the, oh, uh, Karen's cool. firsthand, uh, you know, uh, accounts with him. Um, and then the other yeah. one was, uh, this whole uh-huh. uh, evidence in a ghost hunt type thing and the, uh, making them cross over salts made me think of when Karen and I did a super paranormal punking on a local paranormal group. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> Oh no! Well, oh, yeah, I think no. we were yeah. we were trying oh, no. to trying to to see if uh, local ghost hunting groups if they were actually using the scientific method uh, or to, to see how they would conduct an investigation uh, and to to really just experience it ourselves. Yeah, to see what uh, conclusions so the, they would come up with when we knew for a fact there was no haunting in place. What would they find? If we put them in a situation mm-hmm. where it was completely benign mm-hmm. and we got it yeah. all on video. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fun story. Yeah. That one is yeah. huge. Uh, and we'll have to tell that yeah. story sometime. Yeah. But like, is that, is it, do you guys just have that video or it got released somewhere? Like, no. See, here's the thing. The guy that we sort of exposed as being super ridiculous is also a, a local gentleman who has spent some time in prison, and we really don't want him to know where we live and what we did. Oh. Um, <laughs> Even though for the longest time he was keeping in contact with you and coming to you for advice, he and- was because he he didn't know he was punked. You know, he yeah. he didn't realize that he had been punked, and he came to us multiple times to bring us to other situations that are uh-huh. also really good stories. Um, <laughs> Because I was, I was going to mention, you know, the whole, the whole cat psychic thing that we have had places, you know, where we go to places and they're like, oh, well, our dog sensed this and that. And it's like, <laughs> okay, um, let's back up a minute. Let's realize that animals are dumb. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, your dog is not psychic. And how do I know your dog isn't psychic? If I take this tennis ball and I pretend to throw it, it will chase an imaginary <laughs> ball. <laughs> don't tell me your dog is psychic but it can sound it can sound yeah. pretty mean that we we uh did this to this group but we were yeah we're trying to, to test them and to, to prove a point and there's a long tradition of uh magicians and skeptics doing this kind of thing james randy okay. uh, had done a number of these kinds of investigations is a, a famous one about uh a character, a psychic character, character called Carlos, but he he did that kind of thing a lot to really prove to the public that we can all be fooled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you guys know about Project Alpha, that's another uh, excellent example. Um, and if you don't know about Project Alpha, you should totally look it up. And Carlos, for that mm-hmm. matter, they are both mm-hmm. incredible uh, scams, pranks uh, that that skeptics have pulled, and and uh, they're a lot of fun. And to, then the, uh, the Peter Popov. Mm-hmm investigation as well so you have to have banachek on this show i think you'd really enjoy talking with him the mentalist that we've been talking about uh and some people i don't know if you ever watched the tv show (laughs) the mentalist uh i think that a lot of that seems to have been based on him as well the character is very similar oh okay definitely yeah okay so one question that i 
definitely have to ask while we have you guys on here. Um, but in all the time that you guys have uh, spent investigating um, or doing ghost investigations, um, what would you say is the scariest thing that's happened? Or like, yeah, what's what's the spookiest thing that's happened on an investigation? Or like, what's the thing that you, you know, can't quite explain? <laughs> uh, I'll take it first. So I've written a book called uh, Would You Believe It? And it is a, a bunch of stories from uh, people who you wouldn't expect uh, who've had paranormal experiences. Uh-huh. And so stories of ghosts and uh, psychic experiences, all that kind of thing. And uh, so skeptics and, and atheists and uh, scientists who've experienced these things. And uh, so I, I write in there about a few experiences I've had and I do kind of ultimately debunk them. But I think over the years I've had some some weird experiences. One was uh, this, uh, it's funny now with the pandemic going on, but there's a, there used to be a place called the Quarantine Station in <laughs> Sydney uh, in a place called Manly where I grew up. And uh, so there were lots of really spooky goings on there. And I remember going there on a tour. They had ghost tours when I was a kid and I went along to one with a group of friends and we were hearing uh, the the sounds of a haunted party. So we were hearing laughter and we were hearing champagne glasses clinking and people oh dancing and, and uh, just all kinds of voices and yet the place was empty. The lights what? were off in this this area, these buildings that we were going through. And uh, so, spoiler, uh, I figured out ultimately that they were, because we were on a headland area, and they, those were noises and sounds that were coming in from the mainland. So obviously oh. I was hearing a party or something that was taking place on the mainland, and it yeah. was just, it had travelled across to this headland. Uh-huh. But it was just so eerie, and my friends were hearing it too, so we had that kind of, uh, that, uh, you know, multiple people who had had the same experience and it was really creepy and really fun at the same time too. Uh-huh. But the, this book of mine anyway, and Matt has a, a story in there too. And uh, I don't know if you want to use that story. You've had so many things happen to you. <laughs> I have had a lot of weird things happen, <laughs> but I think that the story that is in Karen's book uh, is is probably a, one of the one of the best. And again, it's uh, it's called Would You Believe It? Um Okay. It's a very, very cool book, but uh, uh, my story is is the best out of all the stories in the book. <laughs> so, um, so uh, just ask me; I'll tell you. Uh, the uh, interesting thing is that there's more than one haunted hotel in, in Colorado. Uh, the Stanley Hotel gets all the press, but there is another one that I think is even better called the Brook Forest Inn, and it's uh, near Evergreen, Colorado. It uh, was kind of an old Swiss, Swiss uh, chalet type of, of architecture. Uh, was built around uh, nineteen uh, between nineteen ten and nineteen twenty. I can't remember the the years right off the top of my head. But uh, we were there investigating. Uh, the great thing about it is, at this point in the history of the hotel, it was actually a Microsoft certification school. So it wasn't even a hotel at all. And what would happen is they would shut it down six months of the year because of the weather. Uh, It's just too, too snowy up there. Kind of like the, the, you know, the idea Mm -hmm. of the, the shining, um, how the hotel would just Mm -hmm. shut down at a certain point because of the weather. Um, So they would 
kind of give us the keys to the place and just go up and do your investigations. We had a really great relationship with them. So there was a caretaker up there. And when we showed up, the snow was just starting to fall. And uh, it looked like we were going to be in for a pretty good blizzard that night. And the caretaker was like, oh, great. You guys are here. Throws us the keys and he's going to the bar because he doesn't have to sit in the hotel all night. So, so he's off to the bar and uh, we're like, okay, so we go and we set up and we're starting to, you know, monitor everything and check things out. And it was always just, it was a good place to kind of hone your skills as a paranormal mm-hmm. investigator. Cause they would let us go up there whenever we wanted and we could just test whatever new theories we got on, uh, on how to do this properly. So mm-hmm. about two o'clock in the morning, we hear the front door basically get kicked open. The, the wind is, is blowing. It's a horrible blizzard. And we hear all these people laughing and talking and we're thinking, oh, oh great. The, the caretaker brought home the bar with him. Um, hmm. You know, so he brought the party home after the, the bar was shutting down, I guess. So, and we're just hearing, you know, the glasses tinking and everything and, and uh, thinking, okay, well, we got to go down and tell him to shut up. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, we're supposed to be here. All these people aren't. So mm-hmm. uh, head down the stairs. And as soon as we hit the landing, uh, the, right, basically above where the, the bar is down there, the mm-hmm. sound stopped. It was complete silence. And we oh descended the last little bit of stairs and it's empty. The door's closed. <sighs> there's no snow on the floor. We look outside. There's not a track in the snow anywhere. Oh, we so are completely spooky. isolated. That's so scary. And and yet we heard a full bar of people having a great time. And in terms of explanations, I don't know. Every once in a while a snowplow would would go by. And uh-huh. especially when you're in a place that's so isolated and it's so quiet other than the sound of occasional gusts of wind, right. uh, sound can bounce around in strange ways. Sure. Um and that's the only thing we could figure is maybe something went, you know, like a snowplow went by or something and created some, some noise that our minds identified as something different. Yeah. Um, but the extra odd thing about it is when we went back upstairs, the uh, other team members up there were like, so, wow, you guys really must've yelled at him because, um, you know, it just seemed like it went silent. And we were like, mm-hmm. okay, at what point did it go silent? And they're like, oh. just before you came back up. <gasps> So for them, the sound continued while we were down there. Because, I mean, we looked in the kitchen. We looked, you know, in in the the banquet room. We looked everywhere to try to find it. But the sound didn't stop for them until we were coming back up the stairs. Yeah. So I don't know. And I have no problem with saying I don't know. Because I'm not going to say it was ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I, I, I mean, a story like that, though, it's why it kills me that there's like not a true, at least, you know, currently in the 2000s or, or whatever, that there's not like a true skeptical TV show or anything that people are seeing. Because to me, it's like that story is so much more meaningful than mm-hmm. any of the, you know, obviously than any of the crap you see on Ghost Hunters or oh, Ghost right. Adventures or, or, you know, any of the the popular TV shows, because it's like, yeah, because like you, you don't know, and like you approach these things with a skeptical mind, so it like makes it that much more spooky to hear about it and think like, oh, like this is yeah, one that has a better chance of being the real deal. 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, one of the big problems is, is if you're going to do science, you have to be able to have things be re- reproducible. Yeah. And uh, how do you reproduce that? You know, we don't yeah, know all the right. factors. <laughs> yeah, right. would, so it was just something that we experienced and we experienced it in such a way that we can't 100% trust our senses. We can't trust the information mm-hmm. that we had. So therefore, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's useless in a scientific sense, but as a personal experience sense, it's mm-hmm. awesome. It's okay. awesome. It's the reason we do this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean totally. Like I would I would love to have an experience like that. Um so it, were there like stories from that hotel of of people experiencing similar things in the past like hearing, you yes. know, a party going on or whatever? Okay. Yes. And and I, I have had personally multiple experiences in this hotel that I can't quite explain. Yeah. Um, one of them had to have been uh, sleep paralysis, but it wow. fit the storyline of what was going mm-hmm. on there. So, um, And that's always the fun thing is when you have an experience that can be explained, but it fits the storyline of something right. paranormal. Mm-hmm. That that makes it mm-hmm. very interesting. So there you go, two ghost party stories. Yeah. <laughs> All this time I've thought like, oh, I really want to go to the to the Stanley someday, but it sounds like where I really need to be going is um is this Brook Forest Inn. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is is don't expect a, a luxury stay. It's not the best hotel in the world. Um Sure. But but I mean it might be a little better now they have new owners that don't like anybody uh-huh. with paranormal aspirations to go there. But um, they don't allow, you know, ghost hunters in or anything. Last, last I knew they didn't. But uh, um, and then, you know, there was a, one it. of my Ask a Paranormal Investigator episodes where I talked about a group that we actually brought up there for the purposes of training. They wanted to investigate up there. And the owner said, not mm-hmm. without you, not without Rocky Mountain Paranormal helping you and giving you some training. And we thought, okay, let's give that a shot. And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. They ignored everything we told them to do and did everything mm-hmm. wrong. And now it resulted in a great episode of Ask a Paranormal Investigator because uh, they got <laughs> one creepy picture of this thing in the dark, you know, and it turns out it was nothing. But uh, <laughs> the explanation for it's a lot of fun. But Well, yeah, anyway. I think at a number of places we have basically prevented future ghost hunting groups from being able to go there, not because we've destroyed everything, but because we've... Uh, gone in and, and tried to explain the activity and uh, to also talk about the uh-huh. dangers of paranormal groups coming in and destroying things. And that, that kind of out, that kind of outreach uh, we feel is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good. Yeah, like I said before, right. good for you guys. And it's great that there are people out there like you <laughs> to to kind of <laughs> I don't know right the wrongs of the other the other ghost hunters, the not so great ghost hunters. <laughs> well, one of the <laughs> great you. solvings yeah. that we did. That Karen, Karen did, I, I think more than anybody, was, uh, and we want to tell this next time too, is uh, when we <laughs> went and hung out in the most haunted cemetery in the world. Oh, how cool. Ooh. So that when, uh, and we kind <laughs> yeah, of uh, figure we think- not only have historical proof of what's going on there, but uh, we went out and actually mm-hmm. witnessed it for ourselves and. And I think that that's more fun rather than going somewhere and taking pictures and scaring yourself running around in the dark. We go in and try and solve these mysteries and and to find out what's really going on. And uh, I think it's 
far more exciting. Oh, I wanted to jump up and down when we solved it. You know, it actually, we're in 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 the basement of a museum, basically going through microfish, um, yeah. microfilm, and it was uh, <laughs> we, when when she came across the the piece of evidence that we needed. I just wanted to jump up and down. It was so exciting, and I can't <laughs> compare that to any yeah. ghost hunting feeling I've, yeah. I've actually had. Yeah. So solving things is way better. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, this is just so great. And you guys are awesome. And yeah, like I already was like jotting down other things for that I'm going to want you guys to talk about on a future episode. So <laughs> prepare yourself. Sounds good. <laughs> We're always prepared. <laughs> Thank you. This is a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, okay. Paige, do you want to wrap us up? I would love to. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up, though, and and if she's already done this, you guys have already done it. We'll just move on. But um, before we wrap up, do you guys want to take a second to plug any of the work that you're doing or anything, any of the shows you have? I know we've talked about some of them already, but if you guys want to take a second, kind of. I've been trying to plug everything all the way through this thing. So I'm going to let the rest. Yeah, you've done a great job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Matt's uh, YouTube channel, Ask a Paranormal Investigator, check that out. And uh, my latest book is On the Offensive, Prejudice in Language Past and Present. So it has nothing to do with ghost hunting, um, but it's about uh, uh, discrimination and prejudice in language. So that's more my linguistic stuff. And, uh, of course, Monster Talk, my podcast with Blake Smith. You want to go and check that out at monstertalk.org and uh yeah we're always doing something strange <laughs> yeah i want to plug a couple other things uh the the a couple of the uh things that we, we talked about um one of them was the story uh at uh, the quarantine station for karen and me with uh, the brook forest inn that that book again is would you believe it uh tales of the Par- paranormal from people you at least expect or you wouldn't expect i feel so bad. I don't have the exact title. Um, uh, nor do I anymore. <laughs> yeah. Haunting America uh, is another great one where we uh, we go to a whole bunch of great places and, and, and most of them Karen did alone, but I was lucky enough to tag along on some of those investigations. And one of those was Silvercliff Cemetery, the most claimed to be the most haunted cemetery in the world. And uh, also, if you want to know more about the tricks of psychics and things like that, she has her novel Hits and Misses. And uh, it's a, a very good one. You can see all these on her uh, Amazon page. If you just type in Karen Stolls, now when you go to Amazon, you'll see all the, the books and the short stories and everything there. And so many of those are based on true life experiences uh, that we've, we've gone through. So um, you're going to get a lot of good information and entertainment out of those. I should hire you as my publicity yeah. agent. Uh, <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll take the, the standard industry 40%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm literally adding Would You Believe It and Haunted America to my Amazon cart right now. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you. All right, spooky people. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Um, big thank you, Karen and Matt, for joining us this week. We, You guys are great. We've already told you a million times how cool we think you are. Um, and I know I would love to have you back. I'm, I know Megan would too. So, Anytime. Um, uh, for our listeners, tune in next time for our discussion on the origins of modern pop culture vampires with Dr. Holly Walters. If you like our show, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky SciPod, Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics, ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay spooky.
This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. 